What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Music Buzz, the podcast where we talk music, pop culture, and current events while we get buzzed. We're your hosts, Lauren Bremley and Justine Avila. Today, we're buzzing on something a little different, I would say, than our usual. Uh, yeah, it's because we're going from one buzz to another. Ooh, what a transition! Put it. But we are buzzing on some of our favorite local cold <laughs> brew. You might have heard of it, Starbucks. <laughs> we're, we're so embarrassing, and I just I'm I'm sorry about that, but I'm also not sorry. We're basic bees, and we have <laughs> oat milk lattes and iced coffees. So don't judge us, don't hate us. Go get you an iced coffee. Yeah, we. I guess we should just tell the people the real reason why this is happening, and that is that last night was a Friday night here in Nashville, and um, we consumed a little too many adult beverages, I would say. Or just the right amount, because it was a Friday in Nashville, and we decided to go to one of our local watering holes, Dino's, over on the east side. Shout out to Dino's. Jay Beebs went to Dino's after his show, um, back when touring was a thing. A few years and, ago. Oh, yeah. Never forget. Never forget. And... We just sat there and had a bunch of pictures and said hey to all of Nashville that rolled in and out for five hours while we sat there. Yeah, we were there for a while. And if you're local to Nashville, like Dino's Burger and Fries is just out of this world. Like there's nothing like it. And I have to say most of the time when I've had their burger and fries, I'm already a little buzzed. Last night I ate a burger and fries before I really got a buzz going on. And I was like, nope, just as good sober. Like because you never really know. If you only have a food when you're a little few mm, drinks deep, right. you're like, is it really that good or am I just drunk? Yeah. The no, burger the- and fries from Dino's, just good. Can confirm. And they have crack seasoning for their fries is what I affectionately call yes. it. And I don't know what it is, but it's crack seasoning and it's delicious. Well, it's because they roll the fries as they're frying them in salt and pepper. So it's all like coated with seasoning and it's just, they're crunchy and Oh, so fire. The perfect size. Like they're they're not a shoestring, but they're not like a big like wedge. It's like just a perfect in between. Like smaller than like a steak fry, mm-hmm. I would say. They're but just perfection, really. They they are perfection and we love to see everyone there supporting. Yeah. I mean, I think they had an hour wait for food by the time we were done. Yeah, which- Nashville is like ready to be out. We're ready to go to our local bars, show them some love and support, and live our truths on the weekend. Precisely. And that's exactly what we did. And that's why we're drinking coffee right now. Yeah. I think I I speak for both of us when we woke up today feeling a little less than perfect. So <laughs> I was like, Justine, I really don't think I can, I can drink an adult beverage this evening. I just can't do it. Oh, I need a break. That's why I was like, girl, I'm in the Starbucks line. <laughs> <laughs> what you need? So we haven't done a current event in quite some time, and there's been a lot of news just hitting the airwaves, hitting the audio waves. So we're here to chat about it. We're here to catch up on all the good stuff because it. I feel like a lot is going on just in pop culture, in Nashville, in music, and it's like impossible to keep up, but we're going to do our best. We're going to try. It wouldn't be the music buzz if we didn't talk about Taylor Swift. So here we are yet again talking about Taylor Swift. Who it's a na- good reason. No, it's a great today. reason. And, you know, it has the Nashville connection. But she announced her next re-record will be Red. Which I'm so excited about. And I just feel stupid because I thought she was going in order. 
So I was just like, oh. Well, but if that was the case, she would have started with her self-titled. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that. So I, I guess she's just kind of jumping around. But like, I would love to know what the rationale is between choosing which ones to do. Because it seems random so far. I mean, Red was a massive album. Huge. I mean, that is one of the ones that people name as their favorite of all her albums, which is obviously super tough choice. Justine's in that category. That's right. I'm right there. I, it was a fire album. And I just have to say... I am so excited to hear the other songs from The Vault that oh, didn't make the record. That is such a brilliant idea, and I'm so into it. And there's a 10-minute version of a song on there. Oh, well, let's talk about that. So earlier last week, um, Taylor announced that she was re-recording, or she was releasing Red in November. So first of all, people are like, why are you announcing this so far in advance and so of course the Swifties realized that the announcement date was Scooter Braun's birthday and it was 20 the announcement the Wait. album Sco- Scooter Braun just celebrated his birthday right that's the day that she announced oh oh got it so she made the announcement of the re-record being read next on Scooter Braun's birthday and then it was 22 weeks out to when the album will be released which 22 is obviously a song. I don't know about you. <laughs> Got it. So another thing that the Swifties have been talking about since this announcement is for years, it has been a well-known thing that when Taylor was originally writing all too well, there was a 10 minute version of the song that Swifties now for years have been like, give us the unedited version. Give us the full 10 minute version. So when she posted that portion so in her caption of the photo where she was announcing the red re-record she said i have 30 songs on this record all it's in it's going to include all the songs that i was choosing from for the record all the ones that like didn't make the cut and also there's a 10 minute song as well and then had like a red scarf emoji oh brilliant so everyone's like we're getting the full version of all too well that's amazing which it's like already the three or four minute version makes us sob. So like, we're just going to get that times two times three. It's I don't like, know math. We're getting the grateful dead version of all too. <gasps> so true. <laughs> Taylor. I love it. I wonder if she's going to have, you know, like special guests for people that have done stuff on it. Like the Rustin Kelly version. Ooh, is that really, would be awesome. Yeah. I'm just, I'm curious what she's going to do with that. Yeah. Because that was the song that also wasn't a single that she said should have been a single or totally. everyone has said should have been a single. Yeah. I mean, that's like, and we've discussed this obviously, but I mean, that's like well regarded as her best song, I think by most people. So you're looking at one of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, same. Um, that would be really cool though. And I'm curious to see, I, I'm, I don't fully understand her rationale with her guests on the re-records so far. Like Marin and Keith, obviously I love and their friends and makes sense that like that album was more country. So she pulled some country artists, but I don't really get what the tie is necessarily. Also quick side note, Marin on the background vocals is really just like killing the pop game. Yeah. She's on the Taylor record and then she's on last train home with John Mayer as like video video girl and background vocal girl. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. She's great at that. So why not live your truth? So she wrote 
all too well with Liz Rose, which I forgot about. That would be really cool because I don't think her and Liz Rose have really like worked together since this period of time. And Liz Rose is like a hugely successful songwriter in the country music space. It would be really cool if they like did something together. Yeah. For this new version. That would be be really awesome. But yeah, she also has songs on red with, um, Gary Lightbody of Snow Patrol and with Ed Sheeran. So obviously those re-records are going to be Bop Central. Fire. Also, some people have been speculating that they think that she's going to be releasing another re-record between now and November because that's such a long time away. But I don't really think that that's the case because honestly, if she's recording 30 songs and I'm sure... Maybe maybe she's not writing other songs right now and she's just in the re-record headspace, but let's say she is plus writing re-recording 30 songs. Like that's going to take a lot of time. It for sure is. And she's like a mastermind of timing. So, when did the re-record when did her last re-record come out? It was a couple months ago. So then that album is eligible for Grammys. And then if she releases this one in November, it'll be the following Grammy eligibility. So she won't be competing yeah. against herself. That's true. I honestly didn't even really think about the fact that that would be like a consideration. We might have talked about it before, but I just like that's not top of mind. But yeah, she released Fearless in April, early April. Right. So then it'll be eligible for the uh, 2022 Grammys. And then red will be the following year. It's interesting though, because you would think that like she's ready to move on to the next chapter that she would kind of like crank these out really fast, but she's a mastermind. So we know that there's some sort of strategy at play, whether it's like you were saying, like tailoring the schedule, (laughs) pun intended, tailoring the schedule to like award season or whether there's like a touring plan. Honestly, if she did release like two a year and then like toured those two albums, that would be really cool. It would be amazing. But that would be like such a long time to spread it out. And I don't know like what her obligations are under the universal deal. Yeah. Like, so she could, she announced that this was her next re-record record to that point, but not necessarily her next record. So she could do a re-record and a record. It like her own in the in-between. Yeah, that is true. And maybe, maybe we will get the third album that everyone's been expecting after um, Evermore and what is the other one? Why am I having a brain? Um, folk, folk, folklore. Folklore and Evermore. <laughs> they're just, they're so similar in my mind and everyone just has been calling them Folkmore or right. Everlore that yeah. I just think that those are what they're called in my head. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to hear that. We'll see where that goes. Exciting stuff. I will have to say her merch is so bad. Really? Yes. And I'm sorry to say it. So I've only seen like the photos of the merch online and it nothing. I have not been compelled to purchase. Exactly. But I don't know about the quality when it comes in. Are you saying both? No, I think the quality is good. I mean, from what I've seen, I feel like the folklore merch was pretty good. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like phenomenal, like lose your mind over it. Like I did not purchase anything other than a vinyl, but it, the designs, especially for the Fearless drop that she did, it's horrible. 
Hmm. which is so disappointing. People are going to buy it anyways, but it's like you have the most resources at your disposal and this is the merch you're putting out. (laughs) It's almost like she was, she's so in tune and works so hard for her music, but then puts not as much effort forth on the merch side of things. It's like, let's do a face tee and like, I guess, but she, I, I feel like she puts a lot of effort forth. Like there's so many like drops of like different items at different like strategic times. And there's a lot of different items. There's like sweatshirts and t-shirts and like phone cases and the actual design isn't great. Right. It's the design. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if they're trying to like make it a little more like throwback because it's an old album. I'm like, make it current and like cool. Right. Like do, if you, if she put out like a simple crew neck sweatshirt with like some of the best lyrics, just like a one line, like simple font with like Taylor Swift on the sleeve or something fire. Like those would fly off the shelf. Oh, a hundred percent. Or like some symbol from fearless or something. You know what I mean? Like an emblem from it. Like, yeah, it would be incredible. Yeah, it's just as disappointing, and I feel like the best artists sometimes have the worst merch, and it's so disappointing. But then, like, the worst artists or, like, artists you've never heard of have the most fire merch, and you're like, am I buying this band's t-shirt, and I don't even know who they are? Like, kind of. 100%, yeah. <laughs> like, no shame in that game. Yeah. I mean, we've we've gone down this path, and, like, the person that I think does it the best is Travis Scott. But yeah. he treats it, like, essentially like a supreme drop. Yeah, and it's, it's like a full fashion line vibes. Exactly. And it's different every show and you have to be at that show to get some specific thing that yeah. you can't get anywhere else. Like there's the exclusivity behind it. I think that's a brilliant strategy, but that is a hell of a lot of work. Right. Yeah. But like merch is so important and it's like such a huge way to make money. I just feel like some people could do better to put some Especially more effort into it. dropping like, you know, 80 bucks on a sweatshirt. Yeah. It better be a good sweatshirt. Yeah. I mean like the cardigan... Taylor's cardigan was amazing. Everyone had that cardigan and it's like well-made. Like you would buy it at like H&M, like, or like somewhere even nicer than H&M. I didn't really love it. Yeah. But it's like, not like your style, but it's like a nice item. Yeah. You know? And it's like still clearly branded, but like something you would actually wear on a day of your life. You know, that's a fair point. Yeah. Speaking of new Taylor music. I'm curious if she's going to drop it in this new spatial audio format. This is, I've seen so many people talking about this and I was just reading about it right before we started recording. And I am so curious to see what this is like. Me too. And like, I'm going to be honest, I don't really understand it all. Like I know what fiber internet is. So I feel like I'm, (laughs) I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty well there. Um, doing all too well there and yeah but there's been like all of this news coming out with amazon and apple doing these spatial audio versions of music and sound on their streaming services which i don't understand in addition to that if you have to have a special kind of headphone or something to like listen in that way but it's like surround sound audio Yeah, I was reading that they recommend you use high-end headphones and they specifically called out, which could have been like a deal between whoever wrote this article and Apple, but they were recommending like AirPods Max that those like have the right kind of like... Wait, the pros? High quality. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. HBO Max (laughs) and are the AirPod Pros. (laughs) I'm getting it all mixed up. 
pro max whatever 8k like 10k <laughs> but yeah they were recommending those um and i there was like a trend that i found out about a couple years ago where people were making songs i think it was called an 8 8d and uploading them to youtube and basically you would like listen to it with headphones on and it would sound like the song was like basically surround sound but what they would do is alternate the audio from one from like left to right so it would kind of sound like it was like circulating through your headphones and i'm wondering if this like surround sound spatial audio thing is going to be similar to that i don't know i mean i thought at least from my understanding i thought that that simulated surround sound and this is actually surround sound yeah that makes sense but I mean, I guess we'll find out. And then like, I, I still don't know how that works like with a TV as well. Cause you can get yeah. the Sonos sound bars and like try to do surround sound that way. But I'm like, is it the same thing? I just don't know enough about audio. Yeah. And I will say having listened to like even the like songs on YouTube and 8D or whatever it was called, it's kind of an overwhelming experience because I feel like we're so used to listening to things a certain way, like kind of in a flattened way that like like my senses were so overwhelmed listening to that because it like feels like music is like crawling into your brain you're like wow it's just such a weird sensation but that's it it, that's a funny point you bring up as well because half of the time if I'm listening in a headphone and I'm going to do something to make sure that I'm fully aware of especially if I'm walking outside of something happening outside I just put in one yeah uh airpod and i leave the other one off even though like you can alter it and turn one off and all that stuff i just leave one off so you know if i'm walking the dog whatever um and i don't know how that works with surround sound yeah you know i feel like it's like something you would want to listen to in a certain kind of situation like at home yeah 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 i'm interested to see how it goes though and like how they roll it out and yeah all that stuff i read something that Jonas Brothers happiness begins. I read something about their album um, that was going to be on spatial audio, like one of the first ones. So love that. Love the Joe bros. Honestly, that's like, I think that was my favorite album of that year. I just couldn't remember like the The documentary was really good. Yeah. Well, they had two. They've been busy. Nick has been busy because he also put out Spaceman honestly so no. good uh-uh. don't yes. even get me started that song is I love it. not good lauren no, no you're just a stan it. he could put out a song about poop and you'd be like fire honestly it would be fire because his melodies and his voice and his vibe it's just i can't help it it's good that that whole album is good yeah i need to listen to it more all right well as a quick <laughs> side someone who could put out poop and i would still buy it my man my redheaded favorite <laughs> artist of all time ed sheeran putting out music next friday finally psa to go listen to bad habits so this one was interesting something we talked about on our last i think it was our last episode one of our last two episodes at least was how artists have started teasing songs on tiktok and they'll kind of like get songs to blow up that way and like build the hype with their fans for the new song by like teasing a small clip and that's what ed sheeran did with this song Mm mm-hmm and obviously people are like, he's not someone who posts on TikTok a lot. So of course it like immediately went viral and everyone was like, oh my God, there's no music. And John Mayer did the same thing too. Like 
posting clips of new songs and people were like, what is this? We've never heard this. It must be new. So I kind of like that. I think it's kind of cool and exciting. I like it too. I just didn't realize, I guess, and I've been really paying attention to Ed Sheeran's stuff just from like a business perspective to understand it. But almost every single post he's done for the past two weeks has said, my new single comes out June 25th. Like every single one. And he's he's used audio and video from the music video, which also drops that day. But I never realized how in tune those teams are to literally it's it's almost like nauseating how repetitive it is like if you look at his feed it's whatever six or seven blocks of single out june 25th single out june 25th when a he's doing a cameo video dedicating the song if you sign up and uh pre-order the song or pre-save it but justin did the same thing and it's like always apparent to me when justin does it but John Mayer did it as well with his single. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I feel like I'm watching like an infomercial at a certain point where every single post is trying to hound into my brain when it comes out. Yeah. And I'm fully aware of the date. Yeah. But that's, it's smart because our attention spans are so short that like, if I read that one time, I'm forgetting about it in five seconds. But like, if you're continuing to see it constantly, then you're going to remember it. Well, and his team was super smart. So usually you reorder a playlist on like the artist profile, for example, on Spotify, and they put in the title, new song, Bad Mm -hmm. Habits comes out June 25th, listen to the collection of songs. Then you go into that playlist and it has like his uh, top stream song. So like, you know what I mean? Shape of You. And they changed the canvas of the song when it plays on your phone to say bad habits comes out June 25th. And I'm like, Oh, we love to see. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like might as well be tattooed on my hand now, but like I know it. Yeah. That is interesting too, though. Like I have gotten so many emails from publicists, like the last several weeks, everyone's music is coming out on June 25th. This always happens. I don't know why, but like artists always release shit on the same day well they they want to time it for summer too perfectly i guess so but it's like this past friday not a lot you know it's like it's so weird how that happened we had the juneteenth holiday which is today and now it's a federal holiday a lot of people took friday off then you start getting into mother's day you have father's day so it's like i think it's weird timing like like steering away from holidays like thomas rett released a song i believe friday like things dad do does or whatever it is uh things dads do (laughs) things dad do thing dad do but he did it for father's day right like so there's smart timing yeah i guess that makes sense it's just always so it's all or nothing it's all or nothing like yeah yes as the great o-town said (laughs) because i I want want it all all. or nothing at all (laughs) who we saw at the ryman by the way oh my honestly Never forget that show. <laughs> it was like a, it was called like Y2K or something like that. And it was like, yeah, it was women in like their mid twenties <laughs> and mid thirties, just losing their minds oh, yeah. being like, it remember? Was, Cause it was O-Town dream who opened up, uh, 98 degrees. <laughs> it was 98 degrees. Wait, but it was 98 degrees minus Nick Lachey, right? Right. Right. <laughs> so it was kind of 98 degrees and we 
was I with you? I think I had to have been. We saw Drew Lachey before the show at Butcher, or no, Bakersfield Tacos. Yeah, downtown. it was me, you, and our friend Mackenzie going to the show, and one of them popped in, and we we're like, wait, what? I was like, wait, is that Drew Lachey? <laughs> Actually, I think our server was like, I'm freaking out. Drew Lachey is here. And we were like, what? We're going to see him at the Ryman later. <laughs> You know, what a time to what be a time alive. to be alive in Nashville it's like when uh, Brooks and Dunn walked into Laha before they guested with uh Casey at the Ryman like right. of course you did just Nashville moments yeah love Nashville it. moments gotta love it speaking of throwback boy bands um I don't know if you've been seeing these TikToks but Lance Bass Joey Fatone Nick Carter and AJ McLean which is like half of Backstreet Boys and half of NSYNC have been posting videos together on TikTok and they've been like making jokes, like singing each other's songs and like making jokes. They're like the new band. And it's so funny because people have been commenting and they're like, I thought my brain short circuited for a second. Cause you like see it at a glance. You're like, wait, is this Backstreet Boys or is this NSYNC? And you're like, Oh, it's half and half. Like everyone's so disoriented seeing it, but it's funny. Like they've just been creating videos together and it's like, it really makes you think about how detached Justin Timberlake is and like JC Shazay, like the band members that weren't there. It mm-hmm. really makes you think, especially the ones who have had like their own success. It like makes you realize how separated they are from that period of their lives. Whereas like the rest of these guys are like that. I mean, more like having not so much Lance Bass, but like in Nick Carter, I guess. But But like Joey, like he's just like a dad, like doing theater, you know, he's, but that is crazy to think about. Like that was the biggest period, probably public period of his life. Yeah. And for just you saying that made me think of this because I watched Palmer last weekend and like Justin Timberlake is starring in a movie. Oh Um, yeah. How was that? It was good. Uh, parts of it were a little slow and I was expecting it to be this like, oh my gosh, amazing thing. It's fine. Uh, this is not a popular opinion, but I don't love Justin Timberlake's acting. I think he's a better performer. Yeah. And it was it was a moving story and they really like were going for the heartstrings there, but um yeah, it's like worth a watch but not like this critically acclaimed kind of like movie that they were going for. Gotcha. Okay. I was just curious. But yeah, it's like some of those guys really, I mean, even, even Lance and like AJ McLean has like kind of stayed in the music scene and like done, done stuff. But like, he's in Nashville a lot. Yeah. He writes a lot. So he's always in town. Yeah. Um, Which is also weird to see him because it's like those TikToks where you're doing a double take and you're like, wait. Yeah. That's like, who did we see at um, Pilgrimage Music Festival that one We year? saw Chris. Kirkpatrick. Chris Kirkpatrick. That's right. And that's where we had the big debate. Yeah. Is that Chris? That just looks like, you know, a dad. A yeah. Like a dad version of Chris Kirkpatrick. Yeah. Someone was like, no, that's him. Yeah. Um, but they like, even the ones who have had some success, they still have like, I don't know, like that's still, they haven't done anything that's as big as that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Justin obviously has. Right. So, and even like Brian, what is Brian's name from Backstreet Boys? I forgot his last yeah, name. Yeah, I can't remember his last name, but he went on to like have like a Christian music career. Mm-hmm. So like he kind of in his own wheelhouse had like something that to him was probably on par. 
Whereas a lot of the other guys just haven't, but I like that they like can make fun of themselves and like be goofy and give like the millennials what they want. Oh, 100%. and that's just videos of them together. <laughs> I love it so much. Also, did you watch the circle Mm-mm. on Netflix? I did not. You got to watch it. It's such a good reality show. If y'all haven't watched it, highly recommend it started off as a British show and basically, um, individuals go into this apartment. They live by themselves for like a couple weeks and you communicate with the other people playing the game only through this social media platform called the circle. And so you could come in as yourself, but you could also come in as a catfish basically. Like you could be whoever you want to be. And the goal is to like make people like you because at the end of the week you rank each other. Oh, wow. almost like you're like top eight on MySpace kind of thing. Like you rank each other and then whoever's at the top gets to choose who goes home. Hmm. And then they like kick off people one by one. But I bring it up in this conversation because on this last season, Lance Bass's assistant came on to the show as Lance Bass. Oh. And it was smart because she was like, she kind of got outed once or twice by people being like, you are not Lance, but she knows so much about him that she could easily be him, be him. And like convincingly, did she win? She didn't. People like kind of found pretty quickly after she walked in, people were like, if you have all this money, like you're Lance Bass, why are you here trying to win this competition? When like, we need money. You don't. And like what she should have said is like, oh, I'm donating it to charity or Mm -hmm. whatever. Meanwhile, she's like, I'm just like an assistant. Like I'm not rich, but playing as Lance, she was just like, oh, I'm going to like make money so I can go on a reunion tour. And all of them were like, what? No. So that kind of like put her on a bad path, but it was really funny. And then she got fired because she's an idiot. (laughs) Just kidding. No, Lance like gave her his blessing and like did a couple like videos for the show to be like, go watch it and all this stuff. Yeah. Which is it always blows my mind thinking about this, but like Brittany and Jax from Vanderpump are like really good friends with him. And yeah. I always forget about it. Yeah. If you think about it though, they're like well in tuned to the like WeHo like entertainment industry. So like they are like all up in. Yeah. It makes sense, but it just, like, you like, know, Lance Bass was going to like pump. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, like yeah. you probably met in those kind of like circles. Yeah. But it just, again, I forget about it. And then when I'm reminded of it, it's like a little bit of a shock value. And then I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that does make sense. Right. So in other entertainment news, um, a huge musical just came out. Have you seen In the Heights? I've seen half of it. I fell asleep. It was late at night. It's long. It is long. It's a long movie. Um, but I really enjoyed the first half that I've seen thus far and I have not seen Hamilton cause I know it's a Lynn Manuel Miranda directed and produced uh, movie, but I did love the cultural relevancy and the like messages he was trying to get across with yeah. it. And it really made me miss New York and want to move back to New York. what do you think Lauren? Yeah, it was a very like a movie that made you love New York, even if you've like mm-hmm. never lived there for sure. I enjoyed it. I think I was expecting from the trailer to be like, my life would be changed from this movie. And I didn't feel like that, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. Like I love Anthony Ramos. Is that like the main guy's name? Mm-hmm. Love him. He's such an amazing actor. Um, and he's so cute. I thought it was good. I wanted to be more impressed by the songs. I think mm-hmm. personally, like the actual movie itself was really good, but some of the songs I just like, there wasn't a single song from the movie that I was like, Oh, I have to go find this on Spotify. Yeah. You know, that's fair. 
I mean, it was very specific, I guess, to the film. So out of the context of the film, I don't know that I would like be bumping along to it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel that way. I mean, this is without me having seen Hamilton, but I know people that have like bumped the Hamilton soundtrack and I have never gone to listen to it because I'm not like, that's not something I want to listen to without having gone and seen the show. Me too. I especially like with musicals, I don't want to listen to the soundtrack unless I've seen the show. Right. Because then it gives it away. Like the muse, the, the songs carry the story along. So you're like basically hearing what's happening in the movie or play or whatever without seeing it. So I haven't seen Hamilton either. So I've never listened to the soundtrack, but clips I've heard kind of, I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like I totally get that. It's like super cool. What they did with it. It's like rap and it's interesting, but I'm like, I can't see myself playing that for fun right exactly and like what I'm comparing it to is like when I saw Dear Evan Hansen for example like I had never listened to the songs from the movie or the play because I wanted to see the the play first and then after I saw it immediately on the car ride home I was like I'm listening to the soundtrack like the songs are so good on their own most of them could like stand on their own on like the radio even like they're just really good like catchy songs whereas I didn't feel like this these were like that so I don't know but overall I really enjoyed it I love the dance scenes loved the Lin-Manuel cameos Mm -hmm. that was cool but also it's getting a lot of heat right now which I don't know if you've seen this but people have been complaining that though it obviously is like a really strong like latin representation Mm -hmm. the movie didn't cast any like black latin american people whereas like that's a really huge part of the population and like that section of the community just like wasn't featured at all and they could have had an opportunity to be like inclusive of the entire culture and so there's like a lot of i mean going back to our like twitter temperature segment the temperature of twitter right now is that people are conflicted because they're like on one hand, like there needs to be more like Latin American just in general representation. So this is a huge win for that. So we could be excited about that while also feeling like they could have done more to include like black Latin American people. That makes sense to me. Like I see both sides of the argument, but I will say the cast of this film is super diverse yeah. So to say that it's, I, I understand one section of the population is probably not represented well, but he does an incredible job of this not being a whitewashed film about Dominican Republic section, the Dominican Republic section of Washington Heights in that yeah. neighborhood. So that's my kind of sentiment towards it. Yeah. Which I totally, I kind of, I get that as well. But I just thought that was interesting to make mm-hmm. note of that that's just like a conversation that's being had. But overall, the show did pretty well. So it was released in theaters, but also on HBO Max, which is kind of the thing that like a lot of movies are doing right now because mm-hmm. some people are just not comfortable going out to theaters just quite yet. But supposedly In the Heights did not do nearly as well in the box office as they anticipated it to. And I'm sure that a lot of that is because if you could watch it for free on HBO Max, why would you go pay for a ticket at the movies to see it? That was my personal rationale, but... And I feel like a lot of 
like musicals, depending obviously on the nature of it, or like family films. So that's also expensive. Yeah. To take like, you know, a family of five to go see that in the theaters. Like I would definitely be like, cool, gather around the TV at home, kids. Yeah. Like, and I'll pop the popcorn for a fraction of the cost. Granted, I'm sure it's easier to get kids to like shut up and focus in a theater than it is at your home. But like, sorry, that's like, if you bring a family of five, that's like a hundred bucks. Easy. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. And it's like, you splurge on a nice Sonos speaker and it's all good. You got that movie quality at home. Yeah. Even for like some of the Disney plus movies that they've released where you have to like pay 20 bucks to watch it, even on top of your, you know. Um, subscription to the service even that is a deal for multiple people yeah i want to see luca and i i, I think you have to pay for it but like i'm down to pay the fee because yeah, i want to see it yeah that's kind of how i felt about um i ended up going to theaters to see it but raya the last movie was so good it was really cute um another thing i wanted to talk about is billy eilish has released another single from her record. It's called Lost Cause. And there's a lot of chatter going around about her music video because she is showing more skin than usual. She's notorious for wearing like these big baggy t-shirts, baggy jeans, whatever. She's showing a lot of skin and like twerking in the video, which is like so unusual for her. But like, I love it. Get a girl, be yourself, do what makes you happy. But she's like dancing with a bunch of girls. And then in her caption on Instagram, it just said, I love girls. And so now she's been accused of queer baiting, which you had to explain this to me. Yeah. Because I have never heard this phrase, which I hope I'm even explaining it well. But basically, it's like trying to pull in. This is this is the definition from um, Wikipedia. A marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at but then do not actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBTQ plus representation. So you're basically like using that for attention and for like the support of those communities without actually being in those communities and actually being that. So she's kind of in trouble for that right now, but Honestly, like maybe she's also so young. Like maybe she's figuring it out. Maybe she is. And she like doesn't, she's figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like it could almost go either way too. And the hardest part is you never know someone's motivation and intention. Like right. maybe the video is the exact treatment she wanted without making a statement on sexuality at all. So it's like, yeah. maybe that's it, literally just the video she wanted. And I know she doesn't have the luxury of like, putting out art that way because she's so massive but still I think assigning motivation to it is a very difficult thing yeah I think that's like the problem with social media in general it's like you it's not like you're having a conversation with someone like you're really just assigning intention to written words which is hard to do and on like the other flip side of this like I mean Taylor Swift put out you need to calm down And that was a very LGBTQ friendly video. And I don't think she ever got accused of queer baiting on that one. I could be wrong, but I just, I don't remember seeing that. But I don't think she was also saying, I love girls and like trying to. Right. It's a little different. But the video was like very much like a gay anthem, but that's not, I guess that's not what the definition is, right? It's like Billie Eilish, people are saying that she's pretending to be gay for 
gay fans. Yeah, and this this is like a term that gets thrown around a lot with a lot of these like TikTok kids, specifically the boys, who will just like either like put on a pair of heels for a video or like make like flirty comments to other straight dudes on their videos and they're like we know you're trying to get attention from this by like pretending to be gay, which is like really what's the word? It's like belittling people who actually are gay and like aren't going to be treated the same way that you're treated right by like joking about it right and you you are making a joke about it because it's not real to you yeah 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 overall like i don't i think it's kind of silly to like jump to that conclusion but it's just a conversation that's being had so hopefully man the world is woke i mean a little too much sometimes yeah a little too much sometimes and way not enough sometimes interesting as the great olivia rodrigo said man it's brutal out here (laughs) (laughs) she's just summing up all all of our feelings i mean truly though um well should we talk about like some super happy news yes please i think like should i knock on wood when i say this concerts are back they're back i mean they're like full rage back yeah um there's no slowing down I I really hope there's no slowing down. Um, Nashville, specifically Garth Brooks, just announced the first stadium show at full capacity back, which is at the end of July. And he'll be the first one to do it. I mean, the thought of that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Well, it's so it's at Nissan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're outside. <laughs> yeah, those chairs are real close together. But but I will say I, I do feel like the Garth Brooks audience, no offense, I'm making a big sweeping generalization, but I do feel like a lot of them probably are not vaccinated or not interested in getting vaccinated. Or, that would be my guess. And maybe it's not a concern for them. And the ones that are concerned about it will be vaccinated. Um, right. It is very different, I think, on his approach. Granted, it's an outdoor stadium, so that's important to note. But on the flip side of that, you have the Foo Fighters performing at Madison Square Garden. And to gain entry to the show, you have to be vaccinated. Which is wild because what's the capacity of Madison Square Garden? Like, it's huge. It's huge, but not... I mean, I think it's like 14,000. I mean, that's a lot of vaccinated people Yeah, in one show. Which is really cool, and I think that's going to kind of set the tone for what live music looks like over the next year or so, or even longer. I was wrong. 20,000. Okay, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a big crowd. That's a lot of vaccinated people. Um, And is it sold out? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this. Like, if you could do a campaign, like, say you had people you needed to get vaccinated as a city or even a state it would be brilliant for the city and state to pay so instead of someone paying for a ticket for the Foo Fighters I guess in this in this instance it works out for them but paying them to perform and if you're vaccinated you get in for free like you can you know what I mean it's like a contest yeah and then like your names are wiped out and they do another show so you have 40,000 people vaccinated and you just keep climbing. So it's like an incentive of the city to get people vaccinated. Exactly. It's like rewarding people for these vaccinations. They're doing that in so many places in different ways. So Mm -hmm. that would be a really cool way and probably smart way. Right. I mean, like Eric Church, I was curious if he was going to come out with something because he is like 
the PSA and the voice of vaccinations for the country music community. But I was like, oh, it would be cool if like he rewarded his fans with, you know, a fully vax, whatever kind of show it is at Bridgestone or something like that. But I don't know how the economics work on the back end of who pays for it. Yeah. I think depending on how smoothly this process goes for the Foo Fighters show, when is it? Do we talk about that? I don't know when it is. I have to gotcha. look it up. But I think how, depending on like how that goes, it really will set a precedent. I wonder if you had to prove your vaccination status to purchase tickets or if you just have to be able to show something at the door to get in. I think it's for entry because it is, sorry, it's June 20th. Oh, so, so tomorrow. tomorrow. Wow. But I I think you just had to be vaccinated by the time oh, the you go happens. to the show because some people probably hadn't been yet. That's a risky move, though, because you could have people buying a bunch of tickets and they show up and they can't get in or thinking that like they can. Right. It won't matter then or something like. But that's like, I guess, in the ticketing policy, you know how you like agree to everything when yeah. you purchase like they put that in there so but, they have the right. Yeah, I think that would just suck for the band. Like if they have, I would hope people who purchase tickets aren't that dumb, but like if a bunch of people just were turned away for not being vaccinated. Exactly. And I think it's a, I don't know how expensive tickets were, but it's a large enough purchase that it's going to hurt if you're throwing that amount of money away. But it's interesting to see. And I'm really excited. Shows are back and I'm really pumped. We have to get tickets to see Dermot Kennedy and we have to go see Angels and Airwaves. Don't (laughs) roast me. Pumped about it. But I mean, I am. I'm excited shows are back. I have not yet been in like a packed room with people and I'm a little nervous about it. I'm vaccinated, but I've seen videos online, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like I think there was this Zed show recently in DC at like a club and it was like sardines packed in there and I was watching the video and I just remember like kind of like scratching my face and like yeah. I was like oh you're like that. I'm getting itchy <laughs> yeah just looking at that and I don't know how do you feel Lauren I mean the closest thing that I've done to that is like I went to the Preds game a couple weeks ago and it was when they had open capacity back up to I think 100% it certainly felt like it. And that was like the biggest crowd of people I had been around. And granted, it wasn't like it was a standing room show where you're starting packed. Like, I mean, there were seats at least, but like there were a lot of people in there and most people were not wearing masks anymore. And I'm also vaccinated. So I wasn't so concerned about it. I didn't feel as uncomfortable as I thought it would. Yeah. I think like being vaccinated and knowing that like, I'm pretty well protected and like, still staying away from humans as much as I can like in those public spaces it wasn't so bad yeah I think it's just been so long that we've been like so afraid of being close to people and that we just haven't done that that like once you get back into it like that first show you'll just be like back to normal no yeah for sure I just I've been obviously to restaurants and stuff and we talked about we went to a bar last night but I have not been in a full packed uh show yeah yet and um it's just I'm a little nervous for it I'm excited but still a little nervous yeah me too um so I have I had one comedy show I was going to see Heather McMahon in 
like early 2020, which obviously got rescheduled a couple times. And now I, we officially have a date that was rescheduled. And then I was going to see Noah Gunderson in 2020. I had tickets to his show two nights in a row. Cause he was playing like two, his first two albums one night. And then the last two albums, the second night and it got canceled, but he just reannounced that tour. So I bought tickets to obviously both of those shows. So all three of those shows are in the same weekend. So literally there's a weekend in December where I have a show to go to Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. That feels like 2019 <laughs> Nashville. I know. Like that's our old schedule. Like that's mm-hmm. what we used to do all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird to look at my calendar and be like, I went from having no events for a year and a half. I mean like maybe one small, like socially distant thing here and there, but like it's like a picnic, <laughs> three concerts yeah. in a row. I'm like, well, two concerts and like a comedy show, but you got to gear up for it. Got to gear up, but it's in December. So I feel like by then I'll be be a little more warmed up. And then we're going to see Rustin Kelly Mm -hmm. in November. In November. Yep. Which is like full circle because that was my last concert before everything shut down. And now it's okay. I just had a thought. Hmm. What if, if that's in November, I wonder if it's like before or after Taylor's release, like, oh my God, what if Taylor is here and they play all too well? I would die. I would that die. That would be so beautiful, guys. If Rustin and Taylor, if you're listening, um, maybe just like think about Try that. Try to make that happen. <laughs> Try to schedule that. Just together, think about please. it. That would be amazing. That'd be so good. Um, yeah, but I'm super stoked about it. And like, I don't want to jinx anything saying this, but there is a variant, I think, of coronavirus going around. And unfortunately, in Europe, they canceled Tomorrowland Festival because of it. So. Fingers crossed that like vaccines do their thing and shows still happen. But that was like a bit of a bummer, like warning news that happened this week. Yeah, that is a bummer. And I'm not totally surprised. I know I've been hearing like a little news tidbits here and there that the Delta variant, I think is what it's called, has been affecting Europe a lot. And obviously they have a lot less vaccines there than we do, which I think is why we haven't had quite as much of an issue with that here. But um, I think big festivals and stuff like that, I think probably in Europe, like they're probably just not gonna, not gonna happen for a while. And then, I mean, festivals here are, they're scheduled. I mean, they're like announcing, I think Coachella for next year already. And yeah. And there's been obviously in Florida and I think South Carolina, there was like the half moon festival that happened this past weekend. So like there's been fest, quote unquote festivals going on. I mean, we'll see how Bonnaroo happens in September. Yeah. Here, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I'm, I hope it all goes well. Me too. We'll see. Okay. It is time for everyone's favorite segment. Currents. Our personal currents. currents. Justine, I want to know. We actually, I genuinely do want to know. What you've been reading, watching, and listening to. Because we haven't really talked about it in a while. Well, and I was stuck there. I think listening, reading, and watching the same thing for like five months. <laughs> um, so what I'm listening to is Jack Harlow. Um, Very cool and trendy of you. So I didn't really like know all about his story. And what really was the turning point for me was his Tiny Desk performance. And he just killed it. Like most people play with a track. No offense. Here's some shade. 
Beeb's like per- his performance like didn't do it for me. But this guy has like musicians lined up around. They are performing, and it like reminded me of Tank and the Bangas, where I was like, I gotta go to one of these shows. Um, yeah. And so because of that performance, uh, I went and like listened to his record, which is incredible. It came out in 2020. Um, it's called That's What They All Say. But you need to listen to 21C, Way Out, and Cream. It's just like, <laughs> I, I'm i like a stan. I'm going to be there with like the 15-year-olds, and I'm going to be like, let's let's rage. I'll go with you, and I'll sing the one song that I know. I know. Like, like well, so... Again, another side note, but what's popping really literally popped off Jack Harlow's career. Yeah. Because it blew up on TikTok. And there was like, a trend about it. Exactly. Yeah. And he's been like trying to make music, I think, for like eight or nine years, just continuing to like rap and do all this stuff. And he, you know, like for people that haven't Googled him, you should Google him. He's like this white kid from Kentucky. And you're like, no, this is like <laughs> not going to happen. And his music's great. And he's a great performer and it just shows the power of TikTok. But I will say like it shows the power of TikTok for an actual performer. Like you see so many TikTok people become famous with their song and then they like suck when you listen to the actual EP. And I'm thinking mainly in the country world. But this guy was like the reverse. He actually put out a lot of music and then put out this song and he's actually great. So, And he was linked to Addison Rae. Yeah, they were like dating yeah so, so he's like he's popping off literally right literally now. so uh you should go check out that record and then i am reading devil in the white city Ooh. by eric larson and it is just like a little bit of a murder mystery in old time chicago when they brought the world's fair there and it links these two guys i'm in the very beginning of it but it's a really interesting like intro right now and i will keep you posted on how it goes please do i've heard good things about that one mm-hmm. like i can picture the cover it's like everyone it has won read it. yeah it won a bunch of awards and stuff too so um that's what i'm reading and then what i'm watching is back on my reality tv bs game and <laughs> i am watching real housewives of beverly hills no mm-hmm. i have not seen the documentary about erica jane and her husband yes i know i need to watch it and that's on hulu but i'm catching up on the current season right now so that's what i'm watching i need to catch up on the current season i've been seeing clips and i did watch the documentary and you absolutely do need to watch it um but it's really interesting that that came out while this season is running because for anybody who doesn't know erica jane's from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, husband. Tom Girardi. Yeah, Tom Girardi is in the midst of a huge lawsuit. Erica is involved in this lawsuit. It's like a lot of drama. I mean, if you don't know about it, Google it. It's literally crazy. Um, I think that was like probably timing timing on the producer's part for the documentary. Yeah. Um, Because they have all that marketing from the show. Right. But, all right, Lauren, hit me. What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you watching? Like anything new, fun? All that good stuff. (laughs) Okay. So what I'm listening to, I'm really on a Cautious Clay kick. Oh, wow. I love me some Cautious Clay. He released. I was not expecting you to say that. Why? I like, I should have been, but like, I just wasn't. (laughs) Um, I just love his voice. Like his melodies are so sick. His, he just has great songs, but he released a song called Wildfire a couple weeks ago. That is like 
so insane. It's so good. And then, so this past weekend actually was record store day and I was able to get his, um, his release, which was a collection of like two songs. He did a cover of prototype by, um, outcast and then released his song dying in the subtlety. And I'm very excited. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm amped. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of him. I have been actually on a reading kick of like celeb musician memoirs. So I read Brandy Carlisle's book, broken horses. It was super good. I love Brandy Carlisle and I know a lot, I've heard a lot of her stories, but it was really interesting to see her like kind of dig a little bit deeper into like her history coming up in the music industry. And I kind of knew like the overall story, but it was really cool to hear like the nitty gritty details. And and then she like talks in her about her life like all the way leading up to like her time at the Grammys and like meeting like Barack and Michelle and like all this oh, wow. cool stuff. Love that. Then I just read Alicia Keys' memoir, More Myself. Ah. That was really good. And it actually sent me off on like a Alicia Keys like moment. I've been listening to a lot of her music too. Um, it was really good because she also has had like a really interesting like come up in music. She like grew up in New York, obviously, and started really, really young, which I kind of forgot about how young she was when Fallen came out. So it was cool to hear her story. And then now I'm reading No One Asked for This by Cassie David, which is Larry David's daughter, who, (laughs) who, Lauren, how do you go from those two to that? I needed something to read quickly because I was behind on my reading goal, to be quite honest. (laughs) So you needed a filler to like get to your list. Yes. And I actually have heard it was really funny. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have ever picked it up. But like I heard a couple people. Is this because you're a John Mayer fan? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel like they're dating. Like, I really do. Well, yeah. But that's why I'm asking if this is why you like are reading the book. Well, and also she like dated Pete Davidson. Like, she's just like an interesting human being. I'm like, I'm trying to get the lay of the land here she is very funny and she's very self-deprecating she talks a lot about like depression and anxiety but like in a funny way Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of enjoying it I mean it's like the quickest read ever it's just a book of essays so I dig it yeah reading that and then what I'm watching I'm still cranking through Gilmore Girls which is a really nice peaceful end of the day show um but I also have been watching Hacks on HBO Max. Have you seen that? I have not, but you mentioned this to me. It's really good and really funny. Um, highly recommend that. And then I also finished season three of Shrill, which is not renewed. So that's like the end of the show, which is really sad. Um, Shrill is with A.D. Bryant from SNL. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just like a comedy. Usually it's like every season has like 10 episodes. They're like 25 minutes. It's like a super short show to go through, but it's hilarious. And, like, very poignant. She talks a lot about, like, being... It's kind of like a dramedy, I guess, sort of. But, like, mostly comedy. She talks about being, like, a plus-size woman and those experiences and, like, dating and the workplace and all kinds of stuff. So... I need to check it out. I it's have really, seen it. You should watch it. It's a good show. And, yeah, that's it. I love it. That's what I've been up to. I mean, I love it for us. The future is bright. Ugh. It really do be bright. <laughs> well... That's all we got for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, and honestly, just in general, if you could do us a really big favor and go to your favorite podcast platform and just give us like a five-star rating if you enjoyed it. 
leave us a review telling us what you think about the show that would really mean a lot to us like and comment too on our our instagram Instagram. (laughs) our instagram is at music buzz pod go check us out there and we'll be back soon stay buzzed stay buzzed you guys 